No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros. Tonight is Wednesday, March 1st. We are your hosts, Tom and Sam. This is our first episode of 2023, and a very special episode because this is actually episode 100 of the Super Duper Flex Bros. Sam, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. I mean, Tom, you and I pretty much talk every day, and if, if we're talking every day, you and I are talking dynasties, so we might just have to record our casual phone calls we have throughout the week's because uh, we, we definitely didn't keep up with the, the weekly or the bi-weekly discussions that we had last year. But, uh, you know, I had some uh, changes in our life. You, you've got your uh, beautiful little girl, Nora, with you now. So uh, she's probably going to limit your availability just like my kids do, too. But uh, so our goal is to get more shows out this year. So that being said, I'm, I'm pumped for this 100th episode. I think we did what that must have been 90 the first few years and then or maybe 95 and we just did a handful last year so yeah we'll, we'll definitely like try to get more out there we're, we're we're doing things a little backwards we're, we're we're putting out less content but we're we're getting more uh more followers so we've had a couple of people reach out and ask if the if the pot is officially dead and we we are alive and well we, we might not always be uh producing content but anytime you want to hit us up with a, a dynasty question uh, we're, we're pretty pretty quick to respond. So uh, I'm currently in 12 Dynasty Leagues. And Sam, how many are you in? Yeah, I'd say about 12. Yeah. And um, t- together, um, if we're talking startups this year, the two of us are doing a grand total of zero. Uh, it was kind of a, a, a pack that we didn't necessarily go in on together. But uh, it, it was it was a very, very long season last year. And, and you and I both kind of uh told told ourselves we weren't going to do any startups so we've been getting some screenshots of people's startups and questions about uh player values and it's it's kind of cool to see uh dynasty players are are uh going wide receiver heavy instead of running back heavy right now and we'll talk about some of those running backs uh values later on in the in the show too but um if you were going to be doing a startup this year do you have any advice for the listeners uh, besides uh don't undervalue tj hawkinson like he's been undervalued every year uh, it, it, I, I wasn't planning on starting off with a bold take or anything, but the more I think about it, it, I mean, the last year or two, you guys have heard me say, go get TJ Hawkinson. Uh, it's not like he wasn't producing. He just wasn't putting up elite numbers, but now he's getting those elite targets of eight to 10 targets per game, which, which is ridiculous. That's like a wide receiver one uh, target rate. And uh, I, I might be as bold as to say he's the tight end one in Dynasty. So I know people love Kyle Pitts. I, I still love Travis Kelsey. Uh, there, there's still George Kittle floating around out there. But if uh, if I was uh, told that I had to put out a top three or top five list of uh, tight ends, I don't see how TJ Hawkinson can't be the top guy. Yeah, if you, uh, I, I think the only tight end that you, you didn't mention kind of in that tier right now is, is Mark Andrews. But I, I agree with you. I mean, obviously, as Vikings fans, you and I watched almost every Hawkinson snap, and he did have a couple of unfortunate drops uh, during the uh, the Cowboys game, I, I believe. But besides that, he looked pretty good. Um, Thielen uh, is looking like he's not going to be with, with the team next year, and he, he steps in as the, the number two receiving option right behind Justin Jefferson. So definitely like the take. So when you're saying take Hawkinson, 
How how early are are you thinking? Like mid second or late first? How how early is too early? Yeah, I mean, if if we look at how tight ends, it, it, and I mean, we're talking super flex leagues. I feel like the elite tight ends hold value pretty much just as long as the elite quarterbacks, and sometimes even longer. It was just a handful of years ago that people were looking at Carson Wentz like he's a top five locked and loaded quarterback. He's going to win multiple Super Bowls in Philly. Uh, we've seen that with a handful of quarterbacks. Dak is a, another one that comes to mind, even though he, he's not dead. And I have Dak in a handful of leagues, but he's another one of those guys that people thought, oh, yeah, he's going to be top three no matter what. Uh, so I guess if I was doing a startup, uh, I, I'd have no issue taking him end of the first, beginning of the second. So I know it sounds early, but we're at, at a spot, uh, especially in super flex right now, where the, the quarterback drop off is extreme. Once you get outside those top five or six guys, you can tell yourself a story of how they can succeed, but you can also tell yourself a lot of realistic stories. Uh, those guys might not su succeed. We saw Justin Fields have one good season, uh, but he's kind of up in limbo with what he's going to be doing. Uh, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Dak, Tua, Trey Lance. Uh, pretty much once you get outside those top seven or eight guys, there's a lot of questions. So in Superflex, if everybody's grabbing those quarterbacks, I have no issue taking a tight end that's probably going to be uh, easily top five the next the next five years and potentially even longer. Yeah, it's a it's a great argument for for Hawkinson. I've I've always said that I I prefer to go uh, wide receiver heavy with my with my picks. Um, we saw players like Zeke um, and Antonio Gibson just like lose extreme value before the the season even started after these these startups last season and. You see uh, the the first round wide receivers like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave getting taken in like the uh, fourth round, if not sooner. And uh, even somebody like James Williams, I, I think from what I've seen, he's he's going around like round seven or eight, and he's he's only had like three receptions in the uh, in, in the NFL so far. But um, like I like your thoughts on, on Hawkinson there. Uh, so tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about how to fill orphan teams. So this might be a, a very boring topic for some people, but uh, dynasty season, this this part of the year is is definitely orphan season, um, and and usually these orphan teams that that people walk away from um, usually aren't, aren't the best. So you got to kind of come up with some uh, some creative ways of how to get get these teams filled. And then we'll like we just talked about Hawkinson. We've got some other players' values um, headed into 2023 that we're going to talk about. Um, if you go to superduperflexbros.com, you'll see. We have our first two rounds of uh, uh, the, the rookies posted before the combine this week. I uh, typically have the first four rounds done before the combine, but like Sam said, we've been a little bit busy, but I'm, I'm putting a lot of thought into it. So if you go on there and you see any any rankings that you like or any anything you dislike or, or criticism, please reach out. Let me know who I'm too high, too low on. And uh, lastly, before we, we jump into this uh, dynasty discussion, I want to thank everybody that joined one of our Dynasty Orgia Team Leagues in 2022. Um, this past year, we were able to raise a lot of money for, um, I think, 11 different charities. Um, so just going through these um, th these winners quick. Um, the first league we had was the SDFB Playoff Challenge that you put together. Um, our winner was Immovable OBJ. Uh, charity was the Amnion Pregnancy Center. The uh, second league was the Clyde Edwards-Alaire jersey. 
uh, league that um, Pro Football Focus's Benjamin Brown won. So he won the CEH jersey, and the charity was Muscular Dystrophy. The uh, Jonathan Taylor Helmet League was um, Scotch Fanatic, and the charity was uh, Fill the Boot as well. The Justin Jefferson Guillotine League, um, after the three or four years of us doing this, that was the first guillotine league that I've ever won. So that was that was an exciting one for me. Um, charity was also NBA, fill the boot. Um, the do-over league, the winner was Pound Town 84. Um, his charity was Secondhand Hounds. Um, shout out to Secondhand Hounds. They actually reached out to us via email, um, thanking for us for our, our large donation. It was uh, seven times what the, the normal donation is. So they're actually going to bring us out sometime in the next month. Give us a tour. Maybe they'll talk us into buying some uh, some secondhand hounds uh, during our visit. Um, the Hooked On League, that was the uh, Thielen Foundation charity. Sam, you were, were uh, fortunate enough to, to win that league. Do you, uh, did you have a, an MVP or did you just have a, a pretty solid roster to uh, pull off that championship? My my MVP was, was uh, everybody – besides Josh Allen. So I, I got lucky that uh, a lot of my team put up some points. And this was one of the very rare championship games throughout the leagues that uh, it was already decided, even without the uh, the Bengals-Bills game that got uh, inevitably canceled. Uh, so I, I, lucky, I was lucky enough that uh, my, my team had more points than the opponent and my opponent, opponent I uh, kind of had a, a week. Yeah. So shout out to everybody outside of Josh Allen for that team. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, a, a one of our our more active leagues. So we've had some people take on some some orphan teams in that league, and it's it's been great. Um, I feel like the the energy is level usually pretty high, whether it's uh, off season or or rookie season. Uh, that, that's been a fun league. Um, our newest startup uh, dynasty league, the industry league. Uh, the charity was Chasing M's Foundation, uh, Community Toy Drive, and the winner was Jay Lindsay 84. And the two leagues I put together at, at uh, my fire station, uh, the B League winner was Laces Out, and the Big Mac League winner was OBJ FD. Um, both charities also MDA Fill the Boot and uh, Team Tequila league the charity was every meal minneapolis so that's uh funds that go to children that can't afford uh, lunches and the winner was all for the gen and our last league that uh we created for the the last five five weeks of the regular season was the the kirk thuggins helmet league or kirk thuggins uh signed football league and it, it week 17 ended in su such an odd way with that Bengals bills game um our our good friend uh, Nick was actually the winner, um, and he donated the the football back, so uh, he got the championship ring, and we still were able to raise some money for charity. But there's going to be another Kirk Thuggins uh, signed football uh, helmet or signed football league next year. Um, our friend Scotch Fanatic, who won the Jonathan Taylor League, he also donated the the helmet back, so we can uh, run it back raise some money for charities that way. Um, and so they inspired me to uh, throw the Justin Jefferson jersey back um, into another league next year. So if you missed out on any of those leagues or um, you, you weren't the winner of the, the Jonathan Taylor helmet, the Justin Jefferson jersey or the Kirk Thuggins uh, signed 
football league, uh, you can go on superduperflexbros.com, go to join a league, and the, the leagues are already posted there. So any uh, any thoughts on how the season ended, Sam, or any upcoming leagues or anything? No, 2022 is gone. Let's uh, move on from the housekeeping stuff and let us know how, how should we fill all these orphan teams in uh, all right. different leagues. So there, there's lots of different ways of uh, uh, different suggestions. If you're a commissioner, I'm sure you've uh, um, gotten everybody's two cents on, on how you should fill these leagues. My favorite way to uh, fill them, and we actually did this in, in uh, one of our non-charity uh, dynasty leagues last year, is if you use dynastyassistant.com, um, it's a free website. You can uh, create a, um, a, a username and it will actually connect all of your sleeper teams to this website. And um, from there, you can click on each league and you can see the value of each team inside that league. So um, this past year for, for uh, the D league that you and I are in together, uh, we had a uh, member uh, not pay attention for a, a full season, maybe even two seasons that the team was still uh, carrying some, uh, some players that uh, didn't even, didn't even see the field, but we had a, a new team uh, interested in, in taking this this uh, this team on. So I went to dynastyassistant.com. I saw the value of, of each team. Um, so it, it's that the, the average team is uh, is usually about like between forty to forty five thousand points. So this takes everything into consideration from um, the age of the players to draft picks from this year to draft picks three years out. So it's basically everything that you all every resource that your team has has a value and they they score it that way. So um, that's that's the best way that I can describe it. But it, like I said, if you go to dynastyassistant.com, we are not affiliated with this web, website at all. They're they're not a sponsor or anything. I just like using them to um, help fill these dynasty teams. But um, like I said, back to this league. So we had twelve teams. The uh, values of these teams were 51,000, 50,000, 32,000, uh, sorry, 30, yeah, 32,000, 48,000, 41,000, 43,000. The orphan team was 19,000. So about half of, of the other um, values of the other teams listed. Um, team eight was 46,000. One team was as high as 66,000. We got 44,000, 31,000, and 24,000. So um, when, when you added up all of those values and then you divide by 12 so that you add up all the values and then you divide it by the number of teams in the league, um, the value was uh, 41.25 to get the, the league average. Um, this, this orphan team, like I said, it was in pretty rough shape. So it had the uh, 19,000 total. So when you divide 19 by 41, it comes out to uh, roughly 45 uh, percent of the of the average league. Uh, this is a hundred dollar league, so that actually made it pretty easy. Um, so this member paid forty five dollars to to join the league. So when you're coming in, taking on a pretty rough orphan team like this, I think it's a big ask to try to get somebody to pay a hundred percent when they when they don't when they're already at kind of a, a disadvantage being the the new guy coming in trying to clean up somebody else's mistake. So any any initial thoughts on that, Sam? No, uh, so then obviously that's going to be less money in the in the pot for the end of the year. So then you just take in that example, you, it's uh, roughly fifty bucks less. So just 
take 25 bucks from first place, 25 bucks from second place and just move on. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's uh, obviously different ways you can divide the money. This league is an empire league and half the dues have been going to uh, the empire pot. So all, all the um, annual payouts stayed the same. And then it was just $50 less went into the pot. Um, and so this team, uh, w- when he took on the team last year, he actually had the 101. So he was able to draft uh, Brees Hall, but that was really um, the only good addition that this this team was able to make so far and uh, finished finish dead last. So um, it, it wasn't too much of a surprise that uh, he wasn't able to do much with this roster with how, how rough of a, a shape it's in. But uh, that's for another episode because um, I'll actually be going through this roster, um, helping him make trades throughout the league to go from one of the worst to a, uh, a competitive league. So look, look forward to that in the future. Yeah. Well, it, and I know uh, one other strategy you can use in orphan leagues or orphan teams too, if you have multiple, you can do the uh, dispersals. And then a fun element to that too is allow anybody to drop their players into the dispersal. So if they've been trying to do that rebuild for a year or two, and all they've gotten is a handful of extra first round picks, but they're all late because all their contending players went on uh, competitive rosters then it's it's fun to let them just throw their their team in there too and and kind of do the di- dispersal that way so i've i found that successful if uh you have multiple teams that haven't made the payment deadline at the end of, of the uh the deadline yeah and that's that, that's a great point um i i've i've been a part of a dispersal draft before and i i agree with you if you have multiple teams um that are interested in kind of hitting the reset button uh, but th- for for my example is, is if there's only really one team that you're you're ha- having uh, trouble selling. But but yeah, dispersals that's a great way. Um, if if you have two teams that are in pretty rough shape and you do a dispersal, I I found that uh, leagues there there usually isn't too much pushback when you're talking about bringing somebody in to take on an orphan team at a at a discount. Uh, just kind of welcome them welcome them in. You already know it's. A, if it's if it's a pretty rough team, there's going to be a very low percentage chance of them actually uh, being competitive. So um, it's u- usually good to, to get more more people in. And then when you're trying to fill other startups, then uh, there it's usually another another person that you have that you can invite. Yeah. Well, should we jump into player values? Yeah. So um, just looking at uh, at some some players that uh, their values are are dipping after this uh, this 2022 season. Um, I, I know you and I we like looking at uh at fantasy pros for their rankings that they update on i think a, a monthly basis and then also keep trade cut is a a great website um keep trade cut actually um i've seen player values change on almost a daily basis because it's uh it's based on how the market is uh is perceiving these these players value um so i feel like that one's usually a little more a little more spot on um yesterday i, I saw leonard cornett's uh, value continued to drop um, along with them being an older prospect obviously him getting cut from the bucks um, didn't didn't help him out at all but you and I kind of talk about players values almost like a stock market uh, I know Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were two guys that you and I were drafting in a lot of startups and dynasty uh, rookie drafts last year and so we got to see both of those players um, start outside the top 20 at the start of the season and then climb up in, into the top 10. So it's it's kind of fun to do that. But when, when you're looking at, at doing trades, is there any other websites or anything that you do to kind of look at players' values? Usually, um, I, I've done plenty of those package deals in the past where 
I trade one one player away for two. But at this point, if if uh, you've been playing long enough, you know if it's a two for one deal, you pretty much always want that one player. So I I'm always just looking at if if I'm going to be upgrading at a uh, player position, then I I just try to get a feel for what that person's going to be looking for in return. And uh, so yeah, no other sites or anything. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, without further ado, we'll we'll look at some of these uh, these players' values. So with it being a Vikings show, of course we got to talk about Dalvin Cook. Um, currently, age twenty seven point six, the running back seventeen on Fantasy Pros, the and also the running back twenty on Keep Trade Cut. Um, so his value right now is um, as far as rookie picks and twelve teams go is the two point oh three. So Sam, are you taking Dalvin Cook? Or are you taking the two the two oh three? Um hoping to hit on on a running back or receiver at that spot. Yeah, I would I would definitely be moving that pick for Dalvin. So you and I were were talking the other day where um I I feel like it's it may be safe to say this this class was a little overhyped. There's still a lot of good players um coming in to the league. Uh but but like we see not not every first round uh, rookie pick and not every early second round pick hits. Uh, if the chance that Delvin does get released, he's going to go somewhere else and he's probably going to go to do a team that's just missing that, that one running back piece. So no matter what, he's going to get a decent amount of, of volume where, wherever he is. And there's no way you can guarantee you're going to get that at the two or three. So I would definitely take the, the uh, Delvin cook side in that situation. Yeah, and I, I I don't think anybody will, would be surprised um, as Vikings fans. I'm I'm also on board with, with trading in an early second. Um, I think I think even as high as the maybe the 111 or 112, just to get a a a, a season out of, out of Delvin this year before maybe he he gets that cliff uh, before he he turns 29 and in 2024. Um, I think this is one thing that I one mistake that I've made in the past is undervaluing the older older running backs where I used to try to um, get out a year early and I've I've missed on that before and then you're um, when, when week one rolls around and then you see Delvin um, getting two, uh, 20 attempts and uh, five receptions to, uh, to to start the season it's it, it's so hard to come by by running backs these days so I, I'm I'm also all in on, on buying by Delvin for uh, making a push for, for this year. So um, the next player, um, a player that um, is kind of in the spotlight right now, Elton Kamara, age 27.6, uh, currently running back 23 on fantasy pros and running back 31 on keep trade cuts. So you, you can kind of see the difference there uh, where the, his, his value is dropping on keep trade cut. Um, just just with the, the the video surfacing of uh, the incident in, in Vegas from over a year ago now. So so Sam, are you taking the 2.09 or Camara? I I would take the 209. Um, if I guess if I have him though, I'm probably just holding him. Um, so th- that's that's definitely close for me. If if I had to make a decision, I'd just do the 209 and get out. Yeah, I'm not a contract expert, and I, I haven't even heard about. Um, anything with Kamara's contract and the, the legal portion, and there might not be anything, but I think there's a real possibility if he uh, is sentenced to jail time and then he misses any additional time away from the team. And then if there's a, a contract out, cause I know he got, he got paid 
if there's anything in there in the fine print with with any legal issues where um, he's he's not going to be uh, on on the Saints roster, I could just see a situation where it kind of like a, a Ray Rice thing where he's he's still a borderline elite running back, but then remove him for a season and then teams stay away. We've got some other younger running backs coming in. I, I could honestly see a situation where he just kind of disappears from the league. So, of course, we've seen people come back from jail time and be productive. Um, but, yeah, just from the things that I've read and what I've seen, I think there's a handful of teams that are going to be hands off. And if he's not back at New Orleans, um, he, he's not catching passes from Drew Brees, obviously. He's not with Sean Payton anymore. So that there's there's truly a, a chance that he's just not in the league anymore. So that's that's not something I'm – will a risk I'm willing to take. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree with, with what you're saying kind of with the um with the, with his value. So I'm I'm definitely not looking to buy. If I'm selling, I'll try to use him to uh package him with with uh with another player to move up right now just for um being unsure. But if you're trying to replace Camara with with the two oh nine, I know um that, that last year's class was um considered to be a, a weak class, but we actually had a lot of um, solid players come out, but the uh, the end of the second round for running backs was kind of a dead zone. So if if you go back to our rankings from last year, um, you and I had Isaiah Spiller at the two six, uh, Tyrion Davis Price at the two seven, uh, Zamir White at the two twelve, and Hassan Haskins at the three oh three. So if you're looking at trading Kamara for this two oh nine just to get another running back, that uh, that might not be uh, the move to make. So. Um, I, th- I think you and I are in agreement. If you if you have him, he's probably a hold, and you're you're hoping to um, hoping that he, that he he gets back on the field at some point. Um, but right now, it's if you have Kamara, you're probably just kind of going down with the ship and seeing seeing what happens. But um, it, it is inter- interesting to see how, how a lot of players' values change over over one season. I know last year um, we had a team that was rebuilding. He has Kamara on his team. Um, and I was looking to trade him acres for Camara, and he was trying to get a first added, um, which I, I wasn't interested in, in doing. Just just knowing Camara's age, I don't want to add a first to um, a uh, an RB two at the time. Um, and then uh, just just a couple weeks ago, the same owner asked if I want to if I want to trade acres for Camara straight up, and I just had to tell him that I'm I'm, I'm out on Camara at this point. Um, so I think last year, if you were rebuilding instead of um, competing, that was probably your your window to uh, to sell and try to get um, like eighty cents on on the dollar with him. But any, any other closing thoughts on Camara? No, let, let's keep moving. All right, the next running back, David Montgomery, age twenty five point seven, running back twenty six on Fantasy Pros, running back thirty on Keep Trade Cut. So there's a lot of consensus that he's not going to be back in Chicago. Um, that we're going to see Khalil Herbert um, be, be the starter or they, they draft another running back and it's it's a committee again. But um, his value is currently the 207. So, Sam, are you taking the 207 or, or Montgomery? Uh, compared to, I mean, if I needed a running back, and those names you listed that were taken after the 207 last year, I would take uh, Montgomery without even thinking about it. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, too. It's almost like we're, we're twins. We got we got the same thoughts on the on these players. But Montgomery was in a pretty bad situation last year. Um, that that Chicago offense, um, at, at least to start the season, could not move the, the ball down the field. But he was still getting a ton of carries. He was still getting receptions out of the backfield. So at twenty five and a half years 
old. Um, the, the two guys we were just talking about, Delvin and Kamara, um, those they're two years older. So if you're telling me that I could get um, two, at least two more seasons out of out of uh, David Montgomery for a second, I'm I'm absolutely on some other players to to possibly target right now. So the um, everybody's look, looking to get rookie picks at this point of the year, um, just just a couple months before draft start. Um, so I think right now might be a, the time to, to capitalize. But you can get uh, Daryl Henderson uh, currently the running back 84. We, we saw him draft quite a bit after last season, uh, but his his value is currently the 412. So um, I don't know about you. I, I know I know you've been a big Henderson fan in the past, but if you can get him for essentially one of the last picks of the draft, I I, I'm, I still think he has the opportunity to sign with the team and uh, uh, be a one injury away or even get a, a committee role and get back on the field. Yeah, I, I think that's a great call. I think Henderson, he's the guy that if he is the backup, and he's behind somebody that gets hurt. Let's say he was to go, uh, I was going to say the Bills, that would be two uh, best case scenario. Let's say he goes to the Texans and Damian Pierce is out. I think you could ride Henderson for a week or two just with the volume before Henderson kind of gets banged up. Uh, but the the Rams, they, they really like to use Henderson uh, even deep down the field. They would have him run wheel routes pretty consistently and he would get targeted and he'd come down with those. Uh, I remember in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, there were some plays where it was pretty much designed just for him to kind of clear everything out. So there's there's still potential there. Uh, I guess I don't I don't know what the the deal is in, with him being released. Uh, but yeah, I mean for the four twelve, sign me up for a running back that still has a pulse. Yeah. So in the in the fourth round last year, um, we had uh, Tyler Beatty at the four three, Kevin Harris at the four four. Isaiah Pacheco at the four or five. Obviously, you're not looking to move uh, Pacheco at this point, uh, but he was kind of the steal of the draft. But then Snoop Connor at the four nine, and Keontae Ingram at the four twelve. So the chances of hitting on a fourth round running back are pretty low. And and I, I'm with you the the uh, the ways that, that they used uh, Darrell Henderson. And I don't know. It, it always seemed like McVeigh wasn't a big fan. So maybe it was just some personalities clashing. But um, he's being dropped in some dynasty leagues right now too. So if you, if you, if you can get Henderson for next to nothing, I think he's a great uh, stash for the bench right now. Um, and the last running back I want to talk about was Damian Harris, age 26, uh, running back 41, um, currently valued at the rookie 3.02. So uh, between the two of them, are you taking uh, Damian Harris or would you rather take the pick? Yeah. I mean, the, the theme of this should have been just, trade those mid to late seconds and anything later and see which running backs you can get. Cause yeah, we, we've seen the flip flop of the, the star running back in new England. So the last time I checked, he's still in new England. So, I, and uh, even if he was to go somewhere else, I, he's, he's shown he can be productive. So I think all you've done is put together a good list of running backs that people should be uh, trying to, to secure with, those uh, later picks just to add some more uh, fuel to the fire why you should get Damian Harris. Uh, do you know how many, how many carries he had his rookie year in 2019? Uh, was it zero? <laughs> it, it was four. So okay. pretty, you're pretty close there. You're only, only four off. And in uh, 2020, he had 137 in 2021. He had his career high of uh, 202. Uh, that's when he was still splitting time with with James White um, and some other some other players back there. So I mean, we, we usually see the uh, uh, the committees in New England. So if he stays in New England, I expect him to uh, become part of the rotation again. 
And then um, if he goes to another team, then I, I think he, it, even though it's age 26, um, sorry, it, back to 2022, if he, he only had 106 carries before um, the before the injury. So this is a guy who's had under 450 carries in four years. So there's still a lot of tread on, on the tires um, to use that that old cliche. So um, I, I think Damian Harris for, for a third uh, is an absolute steal right now. I think. I think this might be it. We're, we're, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to go from, from running backs to quarterback. I think this is where you and I might not see see eye to eye. But there is a veteran quarterback that you can get for the 403 right now that I've been in on, that I've, I've been burned a couple of times before. Any, any guesses who I might be talking about? Is it the recently released Carson Wentz? It is. So it, Carson Wentz, age 30.2, the quarterback 44 in Dynasty. If, if, if you have him, I'm guessing you don't. Are you are you punching him just for a, a late fourth-round pick, hoping you, you find that next diamond in the rough, or are you taking Wentz? Yeah, I think I would definitely be, be punting him. So with quarterbacks and, and super flex, with all the, all the fluctuation of, of all these guys, I mean, from quarterback – 13 to whatever you said he was 41 it's a, a lot of it it's it's very scarily up for grabs you, you got uh like goff rogers mac jones stafford Tannehill, garoppolo sam howell i mean of those guys tell me who's going to be uh the most productive in the next two years <laughs> yeah um, i won't because you can't <laughs> yeah um but yeah so i i would not hesitate to uh to move move off him all right well my, my argument for once, I don't think we've seen his, his last game. I think he's going to be the next Ryan Fitzpatrick in, uh, in the NFL. It, it, of course, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have the swag. I, I know uh, from what I've heard, Carson Wentz isn't a very um, likable person as far as the, the locker rooms go. Um, but last season, he finished as the quarterback three, the quarterback five, and the quarterback six in six of the weeks that he played. Um, so he has he has the Jekyll and Hyde because on the on the other side he also finished as the quarterback 27, 29, and 30. Um, his last game that that he did start in those first six weeks against Chicago, um, Curtis Samuel did drop a wide open touchdown um, in the in the end zone. So I, I'm just uh, I'm trying to pump up my boy Carson Wentz because uh, my my uh, if you want to call it a hot take right now is I think Carson Wentz. Um, signs a veteran minimum uh, for the, the the Buccaneers this offseason, and then he and Kyle Trask uh, battle it out. So if you can go out and get get Carson Wentz for a fourth, I know I was telling people to go out and get him for a second. That was probably a bad process, but I think this is the, the if 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 you're just going to burn this fourth round pick on a player that's probably not going to hit anyways, go out and get Wentz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you could do worse with with a third round pick, I suppose. Yeah. All right. So. That's kind of the, the most of, of what I've got planned for tonight. Um, everybody's getting excited about this combine happening uh, this weekend and, and looking at rookie rankings. Do you, do you have a favorite rookie or, or a sleeper right now, Sam? No, I, I definitely don't. I, I'm uh, very behind on doing any kind of research. Um, I will say I just watched a little tape on uh, Kayshawn Booty. I, I know that's not how you pronounce his last name. I'm sure that's what everybody's calling him at this point. Uh, but I think he might be a steal in the middle or uh, late of uh, first round picks, kind of like what you mentioned on the uh, uh, Super Duper Flex Bros site. 
with your rankings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keishon Butte, I believe. I'm, I'm pulling the ranks up right now. I got him at the uh, at, at the 112, and uh, a lot of other mocks that I've that I've seen, um, or or uh, from from what I've I've been hearing, um, there's there's people thinking he might actually slip to the third round, um, out of the out of the second round in the NFL draft, um, but. He's got. He's just as athletic as, as any other wide receiver. Um, when, when he's fully healthy, uh, he had a lot of problems at LSU last year. Um, so I wouldn't uh, be surprised if, like you said, he could he could be the steal of the draft. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you putting the show together, Tom, and uh, I look forward to us doing more of these in the in the near future. Yeah. Um, like we talked about before, we don't have any uh, any startups this year, but if anybody's interested, I do have some guillotine leagues put together on the website right now at superduperflexbros.com slash join a league. And um, it, we are going to have some orphan teams available. Um, so if, if anybody's interested in taking on an orphan, um, like we said, there's, there's going to be some, some discounts based on, on how good or how bad the, uh, the teams are. If you just want to check back on the, on the website, we'll get those teams posted or uh, send Sam or myself a, a DM and we'll, we'll get you in a league. Um, but Feel feel good about uh, coming back to uh, uh, 2023, and we we promised there's going to be more episodes in 2023 versus 2022. Yeah. All right. Well, till next time, keep it flexy.